0: Seven, six, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll never have the stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother!
1: Welcome, friends, to episode. Are we on eighty-two? No, we're on eighty-three, right? Man, we're. What is going on? So we've made story? it through an,
0: an entire NBA season worth of episodes.
1: Yeah, this is wild, man. Like, I didn't even like. I'm sitting here going, like, I don't even remember what what event we're on or what week. Like, this is wild. So, yeah, I think we're on episode 82. This is crazy. This has been a COVID time. I feel like, we message. got away with something. <laughs>
0: like, you really just didn't
1: Yeah, I, like, and, and there's the jokes, right? That like COVID time, time is irrelevant. You know, whatever. But, dude, I think the problem is. When we move from a world where we used to have like weekend stuff planned or we'd have a big event coming up or whatever, like you had to keep track of your calendar. Yeah. And now that like we're all just at home all the time, like sure, occasionally you may have an online meeting or something, but time doesn't have the same importance.
0: I lost a day last week. I was I woke up, looked out like, hmm, that's funny. The neighbors had the trash out a day early, like, oh no, wait, it's it's trash day.
1: Dude, I've literally spent time talking on a stream about a thing I was going to do tomorrow. And people are like, oh, you're doing an extra stream this week? And I'm like, no, tomorrow's Thursday. And they're like, no, it's Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, well, then, no, we're not doing an extra stream. We're yeah. going to be on, on Thursday. Right? It's just like that, dude. And I'm doing so much stuff where I'm just trying to put things out constantly that like, I'll just be in my, I guess if you want to call it my studio, my office room. And I'll literally be in here for 10 hours. In a day sometimes, oh, yeah. 12 hours, you know, so yeah. two or three days in a row and you just lose track of time or what day it is.
0: Like, in your it is head, wild. it's, you know, it's because, like I said, you're tracking it by streams or YouTube videos. It's not, it's Wednesday. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh you know, we off deck day or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's a wild, wild thing. Uh, speaking of all of our content, if you would like to support the show head over to patreon.com slash color of magic. You can help us out, help keep the lights on, help keep our pets and kids fed and, you know, make it a little easier for us to make sure we have time for this. And actually here's a real thing too. As we start getting to real world interactions again, you know, since we're getting vaccinated and stuff like this is going to open up some doors for us to do a little bit of extra stuff. So that money will be going to a good cause uh, to help us do other types of content as things move forward. And to that note, we want to also say thanks to Cardsphere.com. You know, if you haven't used their site, highly recommend it. Matter of fact, I'm going through a bunch of cards right now that I'm about to, I say about to. It's probably going to take me another like two weeks because i got to get everything sorted. But I'll be putting it on Cardsphere.com just so I can make me some scratch. Because magic, man, some of the magic cards are worth so much right now. Random bad cards are worth money. (laughs) So, Yeah, I had to get my stuff sorted so I can get stuff sold, send it out to people through Cardsphere. The other thing I like about Cardsphere too is that I don't, like if I put stuff on eBay, I kind of have to be on a schedule, right? Like I put it up, it's a three-day auction, seven-day auction, 10-day auction, whatever. But then like once it gets sold, I got to be on the clock to like get it done, get it packaged, get it out or whatever. Then Otherwise, you start dealing with all these messages and whatever, and it becomes a problem. Well, on Cardsphere, I can just have my cards in my account And then whenever I'm ready, I can go sell them to somebody. So if I just have time randomly on like a Thursday, I can hop over to Cardsphere, look up who wants some of the stuff I have. Cool. Hit a button, print some stuff out, get the stuff packed up, get it in the mail on Friday. So you can do it on your own time. It's really awesome. It's a pretty cool way to deal with stuff. But if you haven't seen them, go check them out. It is Cardsphere.com. And... Another way you can support the show directly and still get some sweet stuff for yourself is check out color of dot com slash shop. We've actually had a lot of people come through and thank you for those people who have ordered some play mats, got some of our little tokens. Uh, we're coming up with a couple of other things that we may have on there soon for people to get. Maybe some stickers. I don't know. Maybe some magnets, you know, some other just different stuff. So uh, but for now, yeah, we've got play mats and tokens. So check those out if you haven't. Now. We're going to get into some business, and, and I'm just going to fire the crowd up up front and say, I'm about to call out a big chunk of the Magic community. Like, it's going to be one of those days. So uh, strap yourself in a little bit, Brian, because I, I got some things to say. But man, people, I can't say everybody, but the Magic community, like, you, we've got to get over ourselves. Like if, you, if we don't like a thing that doesn't make the thing awful, and for having so many damn smart people in the community, it is so ridiculous how simple and short-sighted so many of them can be. And what I'm speaking about this week particularly is that there were images going around from Post Malone. Being out in California at a place called Frank and Sons. For those of you who don't know what Frank and Sons is, it's kind of like a, I guess you'd call it like a big swap meet kind of place. You know, a big, uh, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say farmer's market because they have like a lot of actual retail merchandise stuff there. But a big discount warehouse, I guess, kind of thing. And there's there's vendors there that that sell magic. And he was there picking up a bunch of stuff, and people were kind of curious why or whatever. But, it, you know, to be fair, Post Malone does play Magic. Like, he's he's on record as having played Commander and whatever and collects cards. And, hell, he even wore a Magic shirt on, a, I think it was an interview he did with, oh, uh, who was it? The One of the late night hosts. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, oh, this, it was, what's his name? I think it was a dude that has the roots on his show. Oh, okay, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. And the interesting thing is, after that, shortly, I would say maybe later this, that day or the next day, saw a post from Jimmy Wong, who is one of the guys over at Game Nights. Also, congratulations to Jimmy Wong. Side note that he is the voice of a character in the new Netflix show uh, with, I think it's an all Asian cast, which is pretty sweet. That's so, awesome. Yeah, good on him. But. He had posted something about today was like a really exciting day. I'm not going to forget, blah, blah, blah. And then there were pictures of Post Malone and I guess in their studio in front of their game night sign. So I'm like, sweet. I guess we're going to see an episode here in a week or two with, you know, Post Malone playing Commander with the game night dude. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, what's wrong with this? And then Wizards retweeted their one of their accounts retweeted with the big like shocked eye emoji just like Jimmy Wong's picture or whatever, his, his tweet. And then people started to go in on them. And I literally looked at this and I'm like, what did Malone game nights or wizards do wrong in this exa- exchange? Not a damn thing. Like you have a, we'll call him ridiculously famous dude yeah. who happens to enjoy magic, who was shopping for magic In the area of which one of the big magic content creators exist. Somehow they crossed paths. He obviously got invited to at least visit, even if they're not recording with him or anything. And then shared it. They were obviously excited, possibly even fans. I don't know. But that was it obviously meant something to Jimmy. And then Wizard was like, oh, well, this is cool. Post Malone's hanging out with the Game Nights dudes. Which, they do support Game Nights show, so it makes sense that they're going to retweet some stuff that Game Nights has out. Especially if it's Post Malone. (laughs) Why would you
0: not?
1: Yeah, like, this this is what I don't get, right? And don't get me wrong, I am not a big Post Malone fan by any means. I maybe have, like, one of his things, maybe two I could identify. But, you know, people like him, whatever, cool. Not all of his stuff is for me. But I'm also smart enough to understand that if, and I don't know if it's happening, but let's say there is a Game Nights episode to Post Malone soon, and he shares that, tweets it, sticks it on an Instagram, whatever, you know damn well that episode's going to get a lot of eyeballs for right. Game Nights. And that's going to be great for them. And then there's going to be some percentage of those people, maybe 1% to 3%, that either don't know about Magic or they're lapsed Magic players or whatever, that they're going to pick up the game again. And that's going to be good for us, having more people, more money in the system, more people going to your local game store, all that. So what are we griping about? Like, I don't give a damn if it was Ariana Grande, if it was Tim McGraw, if it was Oprah, like, I don't care who. Like, if they're engaged with your hobby and they're having fun and it's positive and it's going to get you a lot of press, why wouldn't you want that? Like, I don't even understand what people like. And then people trying to say, like, well, I don't know why you're out here promoting this and blah, blah. And I don't like this is probably where you're spending money instead of giving it to content creators. And blah, blah, blah. like, we talked about it on the show before, but let's be real. Like. The amount of money Wizards should be shelling out for somebody. And I don't think Wizards paid Post Malone or any of that no. other stuff, but let's let's say they did. He damn well deserves way more money than me, than CGB, than The Professor, or whoever's going to get. Like, I do think they deserve some... And I'm not saying me particularly, but, you know, somebody like The Professor, Game Night, CGB, whatever. Like, yes, they deserve some love from Wizards. And yes, they should get some help promoting some things and get some freebies and whatever. But the reality is, they are speaking to existing players. Like, a new player doesn't know to go look for a product review on Tulare Community College. A new player that starts playing Commander tomorrow is not going to know to go to Game Night's channel. But you know what? If you have somebody that's a... Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy Fallon hopping on Twitch to play uh, Among Us. Well, I bet you damn well a whole big chunk of those people had no idea what Twitch or Among Us was. But they sure do now. And I guarantee you the same way that if there's a bunch of people in Post Malone's orbit that don't know a damn thing about magic, but they probably will now. So to think that Wizards shouldn't... Like, and here's the other thing, too. I know damn well that if those things have been going around and Wizards had ignored it for two weeks, the other people would have been... Well, I don't know why there's this big news story and Wizards is acting like it's not a thing and they don't even talk about it. They must be embarrassed about Post Malone playing Magic and blah, blah. Like, that would have been the narrative. That comes back to the whole Magic players would just bitch about which way a $100 bill is folded if they got one in a booster pack. <laughs> like, that's what it is, though. Like, there is zero reason for them to be mad about Post Malone playing Magic. Zero. Hell, I don't even, like... I'm not even a big Lil Wayne fan. I don't know how big Lil Wayne is. And him went on his lean and his syrup and whatever and all the ridiculousness. And you know what? Him playing magic would still bring a lot of people into the magic community.
0: Which is the thing we should want, you know, as magic players. Yeah. I don't I don't understand this at all. Like I literally stared
1: at my screen and I'm reading through these tweets and whatever, trying to figure out like, what are people even mad at? And that was the weird part. Like, there was never a clear, good explanation as to what anybody was upset about. And it wasn't even like Wizards, like, promoted a big thing where well, they were saying, we're going to do a big cross promo with this. And, like, they literally retweeted with an emoji. And I was like, what is even, like, people are just trying to be mad. I get it. Like, you don't like some stuff wizards are doing. They're a big faceless entity or whatever. And You want your games to be cheaper and they're trying to make money because that's what a corporation does. And that makes you mad because you don't like capitalism and blah, blah, but you love magic. You know what? Everybody goes to that with everything they're a fan of. But when you're out here, like you're just like you become the boy that cried wolf. When you're out here bitching about every damn thing, nobody cares about a damn thing when you really do have a real complaint. And then you wonder why that stuff doesn't get dealt with. And I can tell you for a fact, when I was there, I literally told some people at Wizards, like, just ignore these complaints. Because they ain't going to mean a damn thing in a day. Because they are trying to deal with every single thing that comes in every single day. And everybody's having meetings and everybody's backtracking and dealing with stuff and having to make statements. And, like, most of it is just crap and nobody cares. It's that whole thing we talked about last week where it's just like, it's just full anger for no good reason. Literally nothing. And I feel bad because you got something that is worthy of being angry over. So I'm I'm going to let let you have some time while I cool off.
0: All right folks, uh, stop me <laughs> if you've heard if you've heard this one. Another racist school district in Texas. Uh, the town of Southlake, you, you might have heard of them a couple of years ago when this video went viral about, you know, a bunch of white kids chanting the N-word at a party and somebody recording it because they thought that was really funny. So, uh, of course, people, you know, reacted to this. People just, A lot of people came forward and said, yes, something racist has happened to be. You know, a lot of this was. It's been going on for a while. People are just feeling comfortable talking about it now. So they formed a kind of a diversity committee to figure out what we can do about what just can only be defined as just rampant racism in the community of South Lake. And of course, after they formed the diversity committee, there was a huge backlash. Parents start taking their kids, parents on both sides, start taking the kids out of school district saying, you know, there's... You're creating diversity police, you know, you're getting indoctrinated our children with liberal nonsense. And also parents, you know, opposed to the diversity committee were saying, you're trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Again, a whole, (laughs) the world saw a whole viral video of your children chanting the N-word and laughing and just turning up like it was the funniest thing they'd ever done. I'm going to tell
1: you this. I didn't hear about this story last week, but the minute you said South Lake, I was like, "Oh yeah, they do that."
0: Yeah, because we've heard, it's it's known worldwide at this point that South Lake has a serious racism issue. Matter of fact, the day after Rosa Parks died in two thousand five, one black kid said somebody had and told them Oh well, now you have to sit in the back of the bus again because Rosa Parks is dead. That's some cold stuff, dude. But, oh, really? but Southlake doesn't have a problem. Yeah. See, anyway, they, had a, they, they had a big election uh, this is past Saturday. And the the candidates that were opposed to any kind of diversity education won by, I think, about a 70 to 30 margin. There's a, about, I they, think they, they, they picked two uh, school board candidates and two council candidates that were opposed to any kind of diversity education. Anything because what the what the district uh, what the diversity committee wanted to do was just basically have some courses for you know staff and students just say, Hey, since some of you apparently aren't aware even what constitutes racism. Let's at least have a dialogue and talk about it, but no the at this point, the majority of the community has decided it sounds like has no racism issue despite all the evidence to the contrary,
1: yeah. I don't I don't even know, man, because as long as I can remember, everybody I know that's lived in the Dallas area has associated some level of racism with Southlake.
0: Yeah, it's well known. And that was before the video went out. Now, of course, it's made national news. And, of course, this election made national and international news. And, of course, Tucker Carlson got involved. And yeah, just, if ever... Tucker Carlson agrees with me. I'm changing my stance. I'm pretty sure. It's just, there's some people, we talked about this a little, a little bit before the show, that just, there's oh, some yeah. people that don't want an endorsement from. Tucker Carlson is number one at the top of that list for me, I
1: don't I told you, if something ever happened to me, I'm in an accident, like somebody attacks me or whatever, and I, I'm doing some new stuff, and the Reverend Jesse Jackson and the Reverend Al Sharpton show up, like, just send them the F away.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Like they, for me, they're in that Tucker Carlson category. Like, nothing good comes from them being around. Just just get rid of them. I'm sure that'll get me some heat from some people too, but mm mm. <laughs>
0: like, I think Sharpton has had that connotation for a while. Yeah, really, I'll handle it. When, on when my was own. The Chris Rock routine about Al Sharpton, that's been 20 years at least. Yeah. It's been a day. So you're I mean, not they're, the they're only one that feels that way. Those
1: two will become like the the ambulance chasers of racism. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't have nothing to do with them. But all right, Brian, let's let's talk about some lighter stuff and let people know what we learned last week in our constant quest to keep expanding our brains.
0: All right, uh, I've been watching some reruns of a show from our childhood, The Powers of Matthew Starr is kind of a sci-fi slash soap opera thing where this teenager alien teenager comes to earth and is trying to learn how to use his telepathic and telekinetic power so he can go back and defeat the aliens that have taken over his planet and i found out that one of the people that auditioned for the role of matthew star the uh teenager basically it was a uh, tom cruise auditioned for this and did not get it
1: dude did that show have more than one season
0: it, it was only one season, it, and it actually made TV the list of the top 50, or I guess you'd say the bottom 50 worst shows in history. So, I thinking mean, <laughs> bullet dodged for Tom Cruise, obviously. Yeah, I barely even remember hearing about that show. Yeah, I loved it, but, you know, I was 10 or 12 at the time. So, I'm kind of surprised CW, because just the plot alone screams CW. I can't yeah. believe they haven't rebooted it in some form.
1: Well, true. they They were into the Roswell heavy for a while.
0: And that might be the only reason they have it because, yeah, it and Roswell, I guess, are extremely similar. But, yeah, it ran one season, and even in the course of the one season, it changed plots. <laughs> it was one of those shows that it ran for one season but had about 10 different storylines going on, got retooled 15 times. Crazy yeah. thing is that was like the first thing Lewis Gossett Jr. did after he won the Academy Award, so That was awkward. You, know?
1: you mean it wasn't Iron Eagle? <laughs>
0: No, no, you did twelve of those.
1: <laughs> I don't know how many. I think I've seen three,
0: and I, I found out at some three. point there's more than that. Oh, oh, wow, okay. But and yeah. It's synonymous with the 1980s because there's like I've been watching Cobra Kai also, and one of the ways they identify how stuck in the 80s you know the character is, is that he still watches his Iron Eagle movies on VHS.
1: Yep, but the 80s were all about like kids doing big things like it was right. always like kids getting to have, have these roles or these jobs or do these things that were so unbelievable we had doogie hauser you know yep. a kid doctor like i mean like that's where we were back in the late 80s
0: and i just wonder now and i'm sure the actors wonder too like what would have happened had that roles been reversed and tom cruise gotten that role does his career die immediately possibly because as i said the show is not you know fondly remembered by, by most people if it's remembered at all
1: I don't know, man. I think that's a thing we could explore forever because there's like some shows that are really bad, but then it's like doesn't affect some people at all. Like they immediately overcome it. And then there's some that like just struggle after that. Some that don't get their like second wind in their career for like 30 more years. Like it's a weird thing how it can and can't affect people. Like what gets attached to you and your name, I think.
0: And then some some shows, like, I think Pound for Pound, Dukes of Hazard is not a better show than Powers of Matthew Starr, but it just, it caught on and just took over the country for a couple of years.
1: Well, you know, it was stereotypical country, though.
0: Because I try to watch it now, and it's like, man, this is...
1: <laughs> this oh, was, it's pretty, it's, you know, to use a word that the internet loves, it's pretty cringy.
0: Yeah. Confederate uh, flag and General Lee aside, they're just... So oh, many problems. Everything,
1: all the innuendo and like the, the stereotypes and, you know, even like Boss Hog, you know, like you know.
0: all of it, all of it. It's and crazy. you realize everybody, everybody in town, knows where the Duke boys and technically everybody else live. Why are you chasing? Why don't you just go to Uncle Jesse's farm and wait? Yep. Where else they going to go?
1: <laughs> those, those are bad 80s plots, man. Uh, okay, so what i learned last week really spawned from me posting one of my i don't know if i want to start calling them infamous maybe they're famous i don't know (laughs) shower thoughts talking about how like i had listened to three songs in a row on the radio and they would all used a heavy auto-tune to the point that it literally sounds like when you're a kid talking into a a I don't know, like a karaoke machine with the voice no. modulator. That's sort of what it sounds like, right? You're just making the robot voice. And I couldn't tell the people apart. Like, you know, some of the beats were okay or whatever, but I, I genuinely, if you'd have lined up those three artists and said, put the name to the artist, like I'd have no clue. They all sounded very similar.
0: Auto-tune to me is like the bro country of R&B. Because I feel the same way when I hear all those bro country songs about girls dancing on top of trucks. You yes. hear five in a row and you couldn't tell. It, after you heard the songs, you couldn't tell who any of those people were.
1: And the one thing I'll say that about auto-tune is that it does have a purpose. Like if you're you're trying to clean up the edges on somebody's voice or you're trying to change the pitch or something or whatever. Like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be used. But then I brought up T-Pain because T-Pain did use it very purposefully, right? He kind of made it a gimmick and had fun with it and obviously made a ton of money with it because, you know, even to this day, we still talk about T-Pain. But I also told people like, but the weird thing is go listen to his actual voice. And when I shared some of the stuff with people, like they were stunned to hear his voice. And I was like, yeah, the dude can actually sing. Like he could have done... R&B, country, he could he could have done uh, gospel. He could have done whatever he wanted to. Like, the dude has a good, flexible voice. But he just chose auto-tune. But it was amazing how many people, I guess, just assumed he wasn't that good of a singer, so he was using auto-tune to cover up. But it's like, no, it's the exact opposite.
0: I wonder how much of it was his decision, or maybe somebody... Oh, it sounds you know, like he's... it was very much his decision. Oh, okay. But here's the cool
1: thing. I honestly, the more I thought about it, I said, you know what? He probably did so well with it because he can sing. Yeah. Because he was probably able to play with the notes and the, the electronics a little bit and get different sounds or whatever because he could do all that. And oh. that's probably why it works better for him. Because even really, if you think about it, even with auto-tune, you can kind of tell when it's T-Pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not the same thing I can say about the other artists. So I just, I just found that whole thing very interesting that apparently the average person had not heard T-Pain and were all surprised to find out that like, no, he actually has real singing talent.
0: He would come up with good hooks too. You know, like, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> you know, yep. Drinks.
1: <laughs> now, let me, let me tell you what though, man, if y'all hadn't seen it, y'all got to go YouTube T-Pain stream intro. And that thing is the most lit intro for a stream ever. Like that motivated me to want to put together like a jam to start my, <laughs> start my streams. Are we like, gonna get some
0: auto-tune power, Greg? I don't know, And that's tune? the
1: thing, it's not even auto-tune. It's just him and his little like, you know, streaming setup, just okay. with a beat he made and just going off and having fun. And it like, it just sounds like a party's ready to happen on a stream. Like I was like, man, that's the energy more people need on their stream, for sure. Yeah, But by all accounts, really nice dude, though. So there wasn't so much about T-Pain as much as just people's reaction to how talented this guy really is. Well, for those of you that follow me on Twitter, we had a... I don't know. I had some drama last week. I'll call it what it is. I had a little bit of YouTube drama. So I get a message, uh, when was this? Maybe Thursday, Thursday or Friday. Somebody says, hey, why did you repost your uh, Sultai Ultimatum video today? And I was like, "Uh, I didn't repost my video. And they went back and and went, oh, well, that's not you, but I'm pretty sure that's your thumbnail. Because I've seen it before. So they sent me a link and I'm like, well, yes, that very much is my thumbnail. But this is totally not my YouTube channel. So that's a thing. And generally, I probably don't care. But the fact that somebody did notice means that other people probably noticed, but didn't say anything.
0: And thought, you know, that you had reposted a video or something.
1: Yeah. So now I'm like, "Uh, I need to probably say something or do something about this. So. I had like posted about it, like telling people I was gonna be dealing with it behind the scenes or whatever. And some people had already immediately jumped over to the dude's page or to his video and they were going off on him about like, hey, dude, look, this is somebody else's thumbnail. You probably should take it down, blah, blah, blah. And like, he's just doubling down on it. It's like, well, I'm just doing this for fun. And some of y'all are doing it. So it shouldn't really matter. Blah, blah. Well, I copied it from Google. But sorry, whatever. You know, there's a lot of that going on. So I was debating even posting. So I, I make a comment and say, look, dude, here's the problem. Like, and I explain four or five things saying like, this is why this is wrong. And I did use it as a teaching moment to put stuff on Twitter to explain to people that now, okay, bigger picture aside, you have a lot of content creators spending a lot of time to make stuff. And even when you see a 20 minute video from someone, that video might include, who knows, five, six, seven, eight hours worth of time, sometimes more than that. Because sometimes there's planning and there's things you have to buy and then there's lighting stuff and you have to edit and then you're trying to find sound and you're messing with your B-roll. And, you know, there's after you're done editing, you've got to render it and that takes time. And then there's the loading to YouTube and then there's the promotion that goes with it, whatever. Like, and a lot of people are still just watching that video for free on YouTube and not doing anything to buy any merchandise, do anything to support the creators. And that's fine. Like, it's just the way the system is. But with that, one of those things is a thumbnail. You know, people are having to figure out, figure out what pictures, figure out what fonts, do some A-B testing to figure out what works and what doesn't. And I can tell you, for mine personally, while I was testing, I was using a different style of thumbnail for the last couple of seasons, so they were uniform. So if you saw one, you're like, okay, these were from like the same time period. So you can kind of say like, okay, these are all the ones from like uh, Zendikar, and these are all the ones from Kaldheim or whatever. And then after taking all that information, I have even got to the point where just recently I had paid an artist to make a frame for my YouTube videos so I could use them in a cool, fun, different way. So for those you who haven't seen it, it almost is like a green, we'll call it like blade over the left side of the the image. And then I have sockets in it that we have filled with the mana symbols. And then I can brighten and reduce each or darken each mana symbol so say if the video is a red white deck I brighten the red and white mana symbol and I darken the other ones so it's like a thing I've just put together that you know I had somebody work with me on to make it a possibility and it makes my thumbnails more efficient and whatever so so I say all this to say like there's real work that goes into everything in the content stuff including the thumbnails some people put more work than others obviously and there's certain things that work better for others but all things considered, it's still somebody's work. And then I found out he also stole Legend VD's uh, thumbnail from a thing he did a couple months prior. So then it was like, okay, now you're taking from somebody's even bigger than me because I believe LVD has like seventy thousand subscribers in that ballpark. But then I saw that I, you know, I tagged LVD, reached out to him. He followed up, and the dude apparently took it down immediately. So now I'm just like, "What the f, man? Right? Like, what? What gives?" So now I go, "No, it's wrong." At this
0: point, you've been caught twice.
1: Yeah. So now I go through the effort, I fill out the thing with with YouTube because they have a form you can you know whatever. And if somebody steals your thumbnails, that is a thing they will still go after somebody for. Which I discovered. So, you know, I send the thing. I'm not trying to end anybody. I don't want to put like a a for real claim on his channel or anything like that. I'm just like, cool. Seven day notice. Just take it down and we're good. Well, he ends up continuing to post to things on, on his comments about, well. This other guy came over and he didn't even ask me to take it down. He's like insulting me and this, that and the other. And I'm like, my thought is. By the time I got to the conversation, multiple people had already told you it was wrong. And you'd already doubled down on like, you didn't give a damn. So what is there to ask nicely for? Like, that's if you roll up, you're walking through a neighborhood. You see something laying there you like, you decide to pick it up. One of the neighbors comes over and says like, you know, that probably belongs to the people in that house. You probably shouldn't take that. And you're like, well, yeah, I was just passing by. It was in the yard. So, you know, whatever. Do you expect, like, the owner to come out and have to ask politely to have the thing back that's theirs when somebody else has already told you it's theirs? It's just dumb behavior. But, anyway, he decided, like I said, everything followed up. And uh, YouTube reached out to him, I guess. He, He took it down, did a thumbnail of his own. Which, that's the other crazy thing. He already does thumbnails for his channel. So, it's not like he didn't have the ability to. He immediately did one. And it's fine. Like, it's not great, but it's fine. Like, it'll totally do the job. Like, so I don't know why he even did it in the first place other than laziness, but that is what it is. So I post up like, cool. For those of you that are following, here's a bow for the whole thing. End of the drama. Like, YouTube sent the thing. They approved all of it. He took it down. We're good. Now then, he reaches out to me. He's like, "Hey, I changed the video, but like, I still have this claim going on, and blah blah." And I'm like, "Okay, I don't know why you didn't take it down initially." Anyway, is what I was thinking. But I was nice enough. I went and reached out to YouTube. I was like, "Hey, look, the dude took the thing down. I don't really care. I'm not trying to end anybody's world or whatever." And they just gave me a thing saying, "Like, don't worry. Like, we check again on this date because you got to give them seven days, and then it may still show for something for like up to thirty days." But He shouldn't have anything happen to his channel. I'm like, all right, cool. But the funny thing is, when he reached out with this whole, like, concern about there being still this claim on his thing, he still had the nerve to be like, well, when you finally asked, I took it down. I'm like, I shouldn't have had to ask. Like, that's my problem.
0: (laughs) The indignation.
1: Yeah. I'm like, you already had multiple people tell you it was wrong. You stood That's your the second ground. Time
0: you been, I can see if it was the first time they did this. Okay, you just didn't know any better. But this yeah. is the second time. And
1: the other thing is, too, when LVD came along and y'all had that conversation and you took his down, you should have went, well, I did take these other thumbnails, too. Like, that other people are talking about. I should probably go get rid of those. So, yeah, I don't know. I had, like, it was it was a mess. But here's the thing. Like, I looking at the Douche channel... Looks like he's struggling a bit anyway. Been doing stuff for about a year. Getting fewer views per video than he was a year ago. So, oddly, the one that used my thumbnail is actually his best performing video. So, I don't know what that means. But, generally speaking, like, I could see somebody having a channel that's struggling, even if they're doing it for fun, looking to take some shortcuts, seeing some stuff other people have done that has worked, and trying to use that. So, like, I get it. You know, moment of desperation, insecurity, whatever. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to end somebody over it. It was more just like, dude, this is wrong. Fix it. Yeah, and that was it. So no, maybe I'm in the wrong because I didn't come forward and be like, hey, dude, look. This is pretty effed up. I'd really appreciate it if you took my thumbnail off your stuff and blah, blah, blah. Right? No.
0: You, did, like, you don't. <laughs> They're stealing. I mean. Well, yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think I should have had to. No.
0: You, you I mean, should pretty much, have had to. Yeah. My thing Can't is. Can't confirm.
1: <laughs> because here's my thing. And this is the way life has always been for me. Like, if I have something and somebody can prove that it is theirs, then I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, well, maybe I shouldn't have this. And that's kind of it. That's it. That's as far as the conversation goes. You know what I mean? Again, it'd be
0: different if this is the first time. Oops, my bad. I didn't know. This is at least the second time we know. You said probably has multiple stolen thumbnails. We know of at least two.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, There's probably could be others for other games because I don't follow a lot of the content creators for the other games he was doing stuff for.
0: And I'd be surprised if he's pulled, you know, all of them. He's probably going to wait and see who all complains.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, it was it was an interesting experience, but I'm glad I did it. So now I can kind of like talk people through it when people are concerned or the emotions that go with it or the process with YouTube. So like, yeah. And like I said, I was able to use it as a learning experience on Twitter for people and explain that, like, hey, even thumbnails can have a lot of work put into them. And they can have a cost, you know, that are non zero in actual dollars, not even just time. Cause I don't think it's a thing people think about, right? I think people see a funny image from somebody or a product shot or whatever. And they're just like, okay, well, that's it. But I know people that, you know, even when they're recording their video, they're trying to get the right shot or the right picture. And like, okay, maybe we can do this and use it for the thumbnail and they're reshooting a thing three or four times, you know, like it's, it's part of the process. It's part of the whole creative world of YouTube or just making videos in general, but yeah, um, Let's move on to a little bit of a different topic here. This one's kind of different in the sense that it's, I don't, I don't, I don't even know the best way to kind of approach this, but we've talked before about fans or the community getting too comfortable with creators. To the point that they'll want to, like, hop into conversations or into chats or whatever, talking about, like, personal things and whatever that don't necessarily need to be brought up because the creator's not bringing them up. Or maybe there's a certain job or thing they had in their past life that they might know you from, but they don't necessarily want to talk about. They don't even have to be, like, bad or wrong or embarrassing or whatever. They just may not want to talk about it. But a lot of people seem to like to want to use nicknames. And the reason this came to mind, I was watching an interview with, or actually, no, it was a stand-up, actually, from Michael Shea, one of the guys on SNL, one half of the weekend update dudes. If for those of you who don't know, he's the black one. <laughs> uh, but he was telling a story about a friend of his they called Robocop, because he had leg braces and walked stiff like Robocop. And that got me thinking, you know, of course, the crowd was just like, oh, man, you know, whatever. Right. That whole reaction. But, you know, he's a comedian. That's what he's doing. And
0: that's what kids do. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: But it reminded me of a kid that came up in our store and the first time he came in, he might have been, I want to say like 11, 12, something like that. And then the last time he came through before he started getting like new friends and social life, you know, at that point, I think it was like 17. But he had had a leg deformity from from birth and it kind of he walked with like a a limp kind of side swing sort of thing and he'd been around and everybody in the store effectively had nicknames so over time he got to be known as crazy legs and you know nobody was making fun of him you know just like he had a very common name so everybody with a common name we kind of you got a nickname sort of based around an identifier you know hell i had two gregs that worked for me and we referred to him as prime and sequel because one was there for about a year and a half before the other one came on board And people still got mad at that because they were like, oh, well, don't you think the second Greg's going to feel lesser because you're calling him sequel? It's like, no, it's just a differentiation because I have to talk to two Greg's and one was here first. This isn't like an insult. It's just an identifier because I got to have something.
0: Yeah. Sometimes a sequel is better than the original. People know this. That's also true.
1: But then I realized once crazy, like later on, he got an operation. And it, it fixed him up pretty good. He, he had a little bit of a hitch, but not so much of, you know, the wobble and stuff. And we still referred to him as Crazy Legs because that's how we'd known him for like four or five years, you know, prior. And somebody just didn't know. They were newer to the shop or they asked like, well, why do you call him Crazy Legs? And then we explained it. And they were like, man, y'all are so mean. And we're like, no, like, we he's cool. We're cool like that. Like, it's not a thing, you know? And I realized, like, I don't think people understand that like you may not have the authority or the comfort or the recognition or the status to use somebody's nickname the way you're trying to use it. Cause like, I ain't going to walk up to Michael Shay's friend and just start calling him Robocop the same way that he wouldn't walk up to our dude and just call him crazy legs. You know what I mean? Like that's not a thing you do, but I feel like, and I've been in other people's streams where I've seen this where maybe somebody's nickname had gotten mentioned once before, or maybe like a family member had used it in a comment on their Facebook page or something. And then they'll hop into their stream and just like, Hey, so-and-so how's it going? And it's like, that's a little weird. I mean, if you're not family or you're not a close friend, like that's not, you know, like here's, cause here's the thing I like, think about if you did that in a, like, We're starting. We're getting past the point of people starting to get vaccines, right? We we may not be at big conventions, but you might run into them at a local store or something small. Would you walk up and do that?
0: Sadly, some people would.
1: (laughs) That's that's true. Some people might, right? But like, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Like, if I've only known you in in a, especially right now in a digital space, and we've never had more than even online more than one or two conversations, real short. I'm not going to feel comfortable using a nickname with you. Hell, I still call some people for real by their IRC usernames. (laughs) Like, that's the nickname I know them by. And so I just use that. But that's how we know each other and we're comfortable. So, like, it might be weird if somebody who doesn't know that comes up and they're like, why do they call you whatever? And it's like, oh, this is an old Internet thing, you know, whatever.
0: When I run into one of my teachers 20 years later, they're still Mr. (laughs) or Mrs. So-and-so. I realize we're both adults now. I can't bring myself to call them by their first name, even if they're cool with it. (laughs) Dude, that
1: that is trippy because I, I do have kids that would still try to refer to me as Mr. Watson. And I was just like, these are the only people that are calling me, Mr. Watson. <laughs>
0: Cause that's just, you know, they, they, remember that they were tiny babies, you know, when they first met you. So yeah, you're like, me, Mr. Watson to them.
1: But I think it's, it's an interesting conversation, right? About like, you should use the names that y'all have established within your working interaction. If you have not, for lack of a better term, been giving clearance <laughs> yeah, to use one of those other names you probably shouldn't that's probably the easiest way to look at it like if you're not sure if you're not a hundred percent sure just use whatever name the person's putting out there like you know people and i have it because you know i have in different parts of my life i have people that have referred to me three or four different things and I'll have people that will show up and be like, hey, and just like run it off into chat. And I actually just r- skip over it. Just to kind of silently give that statement of like, mm, this really isn't the place. Yeah. Right. We can or people that even just want to talk about stuff from like a point in time or whatever. And I'm like, cool. You know, we could have this conversation in private. We could talk about it in the discord. But like we're streaming and doing something else different right now.
0: Like you, think... I've had probably fifteen different things I've been called, depending on where I was working. People will still, you know, refer to me as you know, hey, today newspapers or whatever the thing, whatever the thing is, they know me from. You know, might call the hey, it's, it's, it's culture shock, dude. You know, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the, that's the only, maybe the only thing in mind that they read consistently.
1: So yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit of a weird thing, right? And I don't think anybody, I, I say anybody, the large majority of the people aren't doing it maliciously. They're not doing it to try to needle the creator, anything like that. I think it's just, they're just like, oh, I saw somebody else call you this. So I want to call you this. Or I saw somebody else talking about this thing you did. I want to talk about that thing you did. But like, it's not really the way to go. It's not the way to go. It's a
0: little weird. You can't nickname yourself either. That's not a thing. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've heard that before. But I will tell you, for the creator, it is a little weird
1: because if somebody that I don't know or maybe I've only met during the pandemic were to want to start using like nicknames that like, I don't know, a childhood friend uses with me or something like it would it would just it would feel weird. You know, because like maybe only a couple people even call you that and then like random strangers popping into your stream or posting on a YouTube comment like trying to use that name. And it's like, I don't know you like that. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think another thing people forget is some of those names are terms of endearment. Yeah. You know, like they mean something. They are there are people in their lives that use those names for particular reasons. I can tell you when I was younger, one of my nicknames came specifically for my grandmother because she couldn't remember how to spell my name. So certain family members use certain names with me or whatever. But like, it would be weird if a stranger did that. I'd just be like, what do you, what do you even, what's this about?
0: You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, who are you to, to like step up and use this? And some grandmas get official nickname privilege. Like if grandma starts calling you that, everybody is going to call you that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're done. If grandma likes a name, like you're just, that's it.
0: Like one of my favorite stories about that, you probably remember the NBA player Penny Hardaway. His grandma was actually calling him pretty, but with her southern accent, everybody thought she was saying Penny. So everybody else started calling him Penny. And that stuck and you know became his trademark, basically. Yep. I
1: here's the thing. And the other thing is too, small kids or babies get to get to give nicknames yeah. too. Like if a if a little like three year old starts calling you something, family gets on it, you're done. Like that's just the rule. Cause, and I can tell you like in my family, I had an aunt Dorothy years ago and when I was younger, I couldn't pronounce it. I just called her aunt Dodo. And that was it. Everybody's like that just stuck at some point. Right. So kids get privileges that adults don't get. That's just what I'm saying. But like I said, I think it's an interesting conversation. I, again, I don't think it's about anybody being malicious. I think it's just like an etiquette thing that some people just haven't thought about. And that, the names do have importance, and in some cases, do have meaning to them. So, it may not even be right for you to use a certain name. You know, like that might be something that only close family or friends use, and you're kind of stepping over the line, and you may not even know it. Yeah, and you don't have a call way me to know sweetie
0: pie. It. If the call calls me sweetie pie, it's gonna be, you know, it's just... that's true.
1: That's true. I ain't gonna be like, hey, lover, how's it going? Like, that ain't <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Like. I mean you might get that from your lady at home, but like, okay. yeah, I don't I mean, I love you, but not like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right back at you.
1: All right. So something really fun, and this is cool because I've never gotten to do this, but you got to be part of the Thunderdome last week.
0: Wait, wait, you can't just say like you were in the th- you gotta be like, you know, you were in the Thunderdome.
1: That's true. I got to get the proper yeah. I, I get him the what's his name? Yeah, Michael Cole the, like yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the Thunderdome WWE's Thunderdome. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> Which for those of you that don't know because of course the, the pandemic they can't have live crowds right now. So what they have is this kind of giant wall of TV screens. It's actually a pretty cool looking thing.
1: Yeah, let me and interject it, real quick. Like to be fair, the Thunderdome is a sweet venue. Like if yeah, you have absolutely. to just host a thing with no audience, like they have added like laser lights and like 3D special effects for television and like they really did it up. Like they knew once they realized the pandemic was going to go a while, they invested. You, I bet that thing costs like a million dollars to do it upright. But anyway, continue your story. This is your time.
0: But, yeah, basically, I got invited to be one of the people that's on one of the TV screens. That's basically what replaces, you know, having a live audience. That way, they, they're your mic's turned on. They can hear you cheering. They can see you carrying your sign or waving back and forth. You know, the wrestlers love it because we watch some of the ones without, you know, any sound or any audience in there. And it's like any live theater thing. The audience makes it 100 times better. Yeah. I mean, you've probably seen comedians doing Zoom shows and it's just not the same because you know, you don't get that live feedback. You don't know whether it's funny or not, basically. Which yeah, I got invited to be one of the fans in the Thunderdome. And of course, the, the thing that I didn't find out until they invited me was that, yeah, they, they tell you who, who to cheer for. So, Which shouldn't have shocked me. This is WWE. This is their show. They're going to make sure that, you know, it looks like it's supposed to look.
1: You know, though, it kind of makes sense, though, when you when you have a smaller audience like that, you can control it. But like when you have a, I don't know, a regular stadium that's going to have like twenty thousand people, you kind of just have to go. Well, they're going to do what they do. <laughs>
0: yeah, you yeah. can't confiscate people's AEW T-shirts at the door. It's just you know, it'll yeah. it cause all problems. But if you're if you're inviting somebody on a TV screen, to, hey, don't wear your Cody Rhodes shirt up in this piece. We will cut your screen off, and they do tell you that.
1: Now, okay, so I have questions. Like, first off, how did you get picked?
0: I honestly don't know what the selection process was. I got an email, and I clicked on it, and then said, hey, okay, you clicked on it in time, you're in. So I don't know how they went about picking me from all the millions of people that watch the show. Hmm, but I, mean, okay. I am, you know, a WWE Network subscriber, now Peacock. I mean, I did that at the beginning. So I'm I'm sure they have a lot of data that tells them I am a lifelong fan of their product, which I am. So.
1: Now, did they? I'm assuming they had some type of like, I guess, orientation before he went live. Like, what was that
0: like? They just basically gave you the list of, like, like I said, don't, you know, don't wear anybody else's t shirts into the virtual arena. Don't, you know, it's just basically like a law list of, hey, don't do anything stupid. Really, no profanity. You know, that's the, the thing, you know, that you would hope people would know anyway, but they just made sure they told you all that beforehand.
1: Did they encourage you to try to, like, make it like a live show? Like, it's okay to be eating, like, hot dog and having a beer? Or, like, like I don't know. like well, what they,
0: is- they didn't tell me I couldn't eat. They did like one person on camera at a time. You know, they mentioned that. And then from there, it just kind of, they would, just kind of, like basically, like, a director telling you, okay, you know, Randy Orton's coming out. We hate Randy Orton. You know, let's hear it. Ooh. Although, I'm one of those people that sometimes... I cheer for the heels, you know, because Randy, Randy Orton's earned some cheers, though. He's exactly like we talked about the thing they're doing now. Rated RK bro is hilarious. That so, is the one
1: thing like... that's good on Raw. The, yeah. the RK and bro was a weird theory.
0: thing, because like, OK, if it's a good guy, they tell you, all right, we're cheer for the good guy. But rated RK bro is like, OK, one of them is a good guy. And one of them is a bad guy. So I'm thinking, okay, am I cheering for Randy Orton now? Because I was booing him. I'm just telling you, like, that go. is
1: that is a hard tag team to not want to cheer for. Right? Like, that is the one, literally one good thing they have going on Monday Night Raw right now. And it's totally I mean, worth every second of their interaction.
0: Absolutely. But, again, as somebody that's been a fan of the product for a long time, and really, like I said, we're, we are fans of the Thunderdome. This is a cool whole concept the way they do that
1: that's neat so they i wonder what the reason was they didn't want more than one person on camera
0: I, I can see people abusing that where you know like okay there's five people on one screen and then at that point you know it's not even about the show it's about all of you trying to get on camera at that point oh that's fair that's fair you know they don't want the they, that's been a big debate in the rest is like how you get crowds now that the crowd wants to not just be part of the show but they want to you know, kind of dictate what's happening on the show. Now,
1: did they have like a standby list? So, like like you're saying, they cut yeah, some people off. Yeah, when I first off.
0: signed in, there was, you know, you're, you're basically, you go into like, I guess, a, a big waiting pool and then they'll just, you, you keep refreshing and everything. And I think it took about an hour to actually get into the system, so to speak. But once I got in, I was in for, I think, the, the last two hours of the show. Huh. That was very cool. So, I guess I was, I guess I was. Responded to it, which I, I'm an actor, I don't have to take direction, so I guess I did a good job.
1: That's cool. I wonder if they're gonna reach back out to you or if they just like keep cycling through people or something.
0: Uh, they did mention because apparently you could sign up on the social media also to let everybody know, like, hey, sign up for SmackDown start such and such time. So, so Man, instead, you know, that was something I probably will do again at some point if I get the chance because it was just a lot, a lot of fun. And, I have to you know, ask
1: just- people, like. Would y'all, and, and seriously, come, come to our, our Twitter account or whatever and let us know, but like, would y'all be interested in hearing us do a wrestling podcast or even just talk about wrestling like once a month or something? Because there's a lot of crossover between Magic players and the wrestling community, surprisingly, like a lot.
0: Like I, I don't think it's surprising because, you know, they're both kind of inspired by comic books with big flamboyant heroes and, you know, big mustache twirling villains. See, so I'm not even surprised by
1: that. To a point, like I would get it if it was like WWE or even some WCW stuff. But the fact that I shared stuff about the Steiner math promo that happened on Impact and so many people came and commented and knew about it, I was like, damn. I thought this My was going to be like. My kids know about
0: that though, and they you know they were watching they were alive back then. alone watching wrestling back then. Yeah, like I was
1: surprised. I thought that would be like a more obscure promo that people went because I assume everybody's seen like Jericho's debut with The Rock or whatever. I assume everybody's seen like the Stone Cold Three Sixteen promo. Hell, a bunch of people maybe even saw like the Mark Henry retirement promo with the salmon jacket, which is hilarious. Yeah.
0: The thing about Steiner Mad is it became a meme outside of wrestling. Yeah. Because my yeah. kids saw it, I think, in relation to, you know, their odds of winning the Call of Duty match or something. <laughs> this just, that, that has become a meme that even people that have never watched a wrestling match in their life are familiar with.
1: That's another one that y'all need to really just need to Google and check it out on YouTube. It's it's about a, I don't know, about a minute long, minute and a half promo. No, it's about a two-minute promo. But it's, it's Scott Steiner just doing the most ridiculous bad math, trying to explain <laughs> his odds of winning a match. And he does it with such a straight, serious face that like the other people in the promo, like, I don't think he told anybody because they, they look a little bit confused, but they're trying to like go he along with very it. Very improv. Yeah. Like
0: it, I it's have good given and receive that look <laughs> while doing improv. Like where the hell is yep.
1: this going? It's, it's good though, man. It's totally good. But yeah, like I said, I don't know. I I think it could be fun. So y'all let us know if you want to hear us talk about wrestling. Because gosh, between us, we probably have like forty years of wrestling knowledge we yeah. could talk about.
0: I think that I think everybody else in that promo is just doing what they call "yes and" in improv. We're like okay, yep. this is where it's going. We're gonna go. With it. Well,
1: all right. Let's let's bring it back down and get a little bit serious here. It's it's time for some dishes. You know, we're we're kind of at that point, but. One of the things that came up last week is we were part of a uh, discussion on Twitter with uh, Joe Johnson, who, interestingly, it, he's he's an actor. You know, lives in in L.A. and he's done a few things, been on some TV shows and stuff, done some commercials. But he also is on a show called "I Hate Your Deck" on YouTube. And him and Lynch are a good combination. They have fun with the show. But one of the things he mentioned is, you know, because he got a a racist comment on YouTube because humans are terrible. And he at some point in our discussion, he mentioned, well, wizards should do more to protect creators. And I replied with. It's not. That wizards isn't doing anything because we've seen, you know, they've gotten rid of cards, they've you know appointed a new person a new diversity director like they they're adding more artists of color they're doing all this stuff right they're they're making efforts but at some point wizards doesn't control any interactions with the creators so what is wizards really to do i mean when we were doing physical events and people screwed up they were banning people so you couldn't play in the events and no. stuff but like that's not going to keep them from interacting with the creator.
0: Now we got Twitch, we got YouTube, we got all the other social media where people are able to interact with creators and they just they can't be everywhere at once.
1: Yeah, like I will say at least at least YouTube, Facebook, even Twitter now has reporting systems. Twitch kind of has a reporting system, but I can't even get anybody to respond to me. Do you even know what a follow-up is? Or like, hey, here's the thing I'm thinking about for the future. Is this good or bad? But like nothing. And I can tell you, even dealing with my situation last week, I literally hit a button and a couple of minutes later, I talked to somebody at YouTube. <laughs> like
0: yeah, I filled out some paperwork, hearing,
1: had a response street, in less than a day.
0: Yeah, in multiple places, Twitch is apparently the worst. There.
1: Yeah, even even on Facebook, I've had them respond to me. After filling out a thing, within a day, I can't get Twitch to respond to two potential... Well, two emails and, and two Twitter posts. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. But to say it's like a wizard's problem, like, it's not a wizard's problem. You know, I had somebody... They commented on a YouTube video yesterday, I think it was, saying like, ah, oh, well, you know, people's behavior has gotten worse in Magic and blah, blah, blah. And like, this is only because of arena and where i said no this has been a thing like i've literally run events off and on for how the better part of my adult life and i can tell mm-hmm. you we have had multiple things we had to fill out paperwork for multiple players we had to report security we had to get for things now granted not all magic a bunch of it was like Oh and stuff but like even in the magic community we still had to curtail stuff in the beginning and you know we had certain things built into our pre-tournament announcements to just basically say like hey if you're being an uncle head we ain't gonna tolerate crap just let you know up front because that stuff still happens. now we know about it. yeah hell we've told stories this, on this show yeah. about dumb stuff that's happened to us at events like this isn't new but we can't put that on wizards we have to put that on the community like the truth is when you see people doing something stupid maybe you don't put them on blast publicly but you got to at least talk to them
0: yeah. Like, hey, you, you know that was uncool, right? In case yeah, you like, don't know, let me explain to you how uncool that was and why.
1: Yeah, if your boy gets out of line, be send him a message and just be like, hey man, that comment you sent to so-and-so, I don't know if that's cool. Here's why. Or hey, I don't know if you know, but people are going to look at this thing this way. You might want to take that down. Like, we need to make it definitely uncomfortable. I, I would say borderline unsafe, but not violently. But, you know, you need people to be concerned about posting that kind of stuff. That it could have social or financial ramifications.
0: Because, again, if you, this is a social game, if nobody wants to play with you, you're not going to enjoy Magic very much.
1: Well, yeah, Nor and, should you, if
0: you've created an environment in which nobody wants to play with you.
1: Agreed. And I think that's the thing, right? We need to be as a community more active. like we like as much as we would love for these companies to handle all this, like they they're not and they can't. Let's be real. Like, can they do more? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's on us as a community. And I'm not even saying just racial issue. I'm talking about anything. right Like we've talked about it on the show before. If you see a dude out there like posting dumb stuff about women, then yeah, say something. Hell, I have times right now, like, like Tappy Toe Claws, hilariously funny creator, like, super fun, great cosplayer. Great cosplayer. Yeah. Like, Tappy had posted something, and we've gotten a little close during the pandemic. Not like I wouldn't say we're buddy buddy, but you know, she's invited me to sleep on her couch if I was visiting, so that's cool. But, like, She posted something and I was going to post something back that I was like, oh, this might be kind of weird. It might be too flirty publicly or whatever. So I just sent her a message and be like, hey, in the future, if I were to post something like this, would this be cool? Because like, I don't really know where the line is right now. And I didn't want to make it weird for you. As opposed to just throwing the comment out there and then making her Twitter feed all out of whack where people didn't get the joke or whatever. Right. Even that is enough that, like, I am aware enough and we should make it to where everybody feels that way to like take pause before posting something stupid. Yeah. Or something that could be taken the wrong way. Or if you do, having the wherewithal to be like, "Ooh, I see why this is wrong." And then apologize for it and take it down.
0: And we do the same thing, you know, like in in my theater group we'll say, "Hey, I want to make such and such joke, you know, are you cool with this?" Cuz you you don't know you know until you say like you might want to make like let's say for example maybe you want to do uh i don't know like a a fat joke or so you're like hey wait you know is this, is are, are you comfortable with this
1: yeah i think that's a good point right like run it by somebody and just be like hey how how is this going to be taken if i say this like and, and you know you know you've been a comedian you probably know better than anybody like There are ways to deliver edgy jokes to where they're funny. And there's others that are just going to come off as mean. And you've got to understand where that line is. And if you don't, you better not post it.
0: Yeah. Like it's one thing because it's happened multiple times in murder mysteries when despite there being any evidence that implicates me, half of the crowd picks me. And so, yeah, we got to do the thing like y'all totally just did this. Cause I'm the only black cast member, right? You know, but again, I'm the one that's got to do that joke. I got to point it out. If anybody else points it out, it has the potential to go off the rails real fast.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: you, you but gotta, as a comedian, yeah. I feel compelled to point it out that, yeah, despite it being blatantly obvious that it's this character over here, for some strange reason, everybody picked me. We just we got to discuss it.
1: Well, that's what happens when you do shows in South Lake. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it, man. I had to but then hit But we call it a callback
0: in the industry. I had to. I, had to.
1: I had to. No, but seriously, I, I think that's the thing, right? It, it's It's a community effort. I mean, as much as we'd want these companies to do more, when they can and it makes sense, yes. But, you know, Wizards isn't going to be able to do anything for me as far as people posting comments on my YouTube channel. Right? Yeah. I'm going to get those one or two a week. Of some knucklehead, and I just have to deal with it, report it, delete it off my thing. That, that's just yeah, what we, it's we have be. to
0: be the kind of the guards of our own community, and it's tough. Sometimes we got to call out our friends, or in my cases, you know, my moderator, and be like, "That would, yeah, that, this is cool." <laughs> you, know, you can't say yeah, any I'll of just, the things you just said.
1: I'll even say a step further that we know it doesn't come easy for a lot of people, and it's not comfortable. But that's why we have to have those conversations. So we're not making everybody else uncomfortable. Right? It's not so much about, like, do I want to have all those conversations about, dude, you probably shouldn't be talking about women like this.
0: Like, no. You hope you, you, hope you don't have to. You know, Yeah, you but I know Jews...
1: by having that conversation, I'm making the life better and easier for a lot of the other women in the community. Exactly. So it's not even about what I feel at that point or how tired I am of having the conversation or whatever. It's sticking up for somebody else who doesn't even know you're sticking up for them. It's just making it better for them.
0: I mean, you're hoping, you know, that the people that you have chosen to hang around share your values and have hopefully seen the way you interact with people. But sometimes now people just are oblivious to these things.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I I think there's some spaces where we can talk about... Like, you know, we've criticized Twitch about this stuff multiple times. Yeah. But they have a platform where they can literally keep people from interacting with other creators. Like, they can put things in place to make it easier to find certain people or certain types of people you like to follow or listen to or whatever. But, like, they haven't done that. So, if you want to say, like, okay, they're not doing enough. Yeah, sure. Because they can directly affect those interactions. But Wizards, I mean, they can affect their interactions at an event. They can affect their interactions on Arena by keeping someone from playing it. But once you step outside those spaces, Wizards has no control. I mean, literally, none. Like, random person comes and posts something on YouTube, Facebook, whatever. Like, Wizards can't do anything about that. I mean, unless you're a politician, because then they don't understand that, like, Google doesn't operate Facebook and then, you know, that yeah. becomes a mess. But
0: or if you're not that a, they don't own the whole Internet.
1: Yeah. If, if you're not a U.S. politician, I think you can understand that. And this isn't for me to attack Joe, by the way. I want to be clear about that. Like me and Joe have been exchanging some fun messages or whatever. And, that, and he's even invited me to be on the show post pandemic if I can get down to L.A. You know, so once I'm all vaccinated and all so that, that's cool, we'll probably be doing something in the future because, again, not many black guys doing stuff in the magic space. So, you know, when you get the opportunity to work together, you probably got to take it, right? Yes, yeah, so, but it's just it was just an interesting thing to see how many people immediately liked his comment. You know, and I was like, but what else are they to do about us on YouTube? like that's there's nothing it's not their space like they don't even have access to that person's real name yeah, yeah they literally can that. do nothing like other and than YouTube if they found out required
0: to give it to them
1: yeah now if they found out about it and who it was then they could ban them from you know all their games and in tournaments and whatever but other than that and they've done that to some people yeah they had the dude who was doing the the, the what was the it the butt crack praying piece pictures or whatever did you ever see those Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. got banned for, like, I don't know, it was like six or nine months or something.
0: So they will take it. <laughs> he action. was trying to do the community service, really.
1: Yeah, that... And see, and here's the thing I have to say. Like, that was, that was a hard one for me because it was both... Like, I get it that it could be kind of personal for some people, that you were taking some shots of their butt cracks or whatever.
0: But his point is... How are there this many butt cracks? Yeah, and so like I was, he and was see, really exposing. We, we I'm, I'm laughing, but that is that's a serious problem in the bench community. The fact that he was able to get, I don't even know. Well, it, was it
1: was a shot,
0: lot. It was a lot. of of people's exposed butt cracks, and see, and that was the thing
1: to me about that one, where I was like. I get, and I will say this, like, I don't think the act itself was evil, wrong, or malicious. But I think once he started, because po- he was posting it on the, if I remember right, they were they had a Twitter feed of that Grand Prix with the hashtag, and he was posting them on there and tagging, tagging uh, the hashtag. And Wizard was like, yo, dog, like, you probably shouldn't be doing that, you know. And then that's what I think ultimately
0: got him in trouble. I mean, I, I hope it inspired a few people to find pants that fit. Really,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. But to me, it was
1: like I get why it was viewed as wrong. Yeah, I mean, but it was kind of humorous. And he, and as far as I can remember, he didn't have anybody's face or anything like that in there. So you know, uh, you know. But again, you know, community says it's wrong. They don't like it. He continued to keep posting. Yeah, got him in trouble, and Wizards took action. You know, and, and in
0: more trouble, in fact, than the people who are walking around with exposed butt cracks.
1: Well, sure, but to me, again, I think that's a thing, right? They they have a history of taking action when people are affected, and you know, people don't follow the requests. Yeah. So I don't know what else they could be asked to do, really. Yeah, Especially, I
0: understand why they took that action.
1: Yeah. But outside of their platforms, it's hard. And that's where it becomes more about the community. Like, you should never have to be in a game store or at a tournament or whatever where somebody makes a sexist, racist, whatever comment and gets to feel totally comfortable making it.
0: Right. Or somebody wears, as we discussed on an earlier episode, a porn star jacket.
1: Yeah, that one I still don't like, man. You gotta. That just still feels so disconnected to me.
0: I, I don't know where you. I guess other than a porno convention, I don't know where you wear that. Well, I guess that dude's case, he wears it everywhere and feels comfortable with.
1: Yeah, like I don't, I don't get it. Like you have to be in a different headspace to even yeah. think. They're like, I'm gonna go to this thing with like a thousand people. Kids and family and whatever. And this would be the perfect jacket to wear. Yeah. But again, somebody like that, they should have somebody say something to them. They should get banned then, from events yeah, or whatever.
0: To, to get kicked out of the event and then come back with a different jacket the next day. Like, no, the jacket itself was like, it wasn't that this particular jacket was the bad one. It's yeah. all jackets of this type.
1: But again, like I have sat down across many tables from somebody who's had the ridiculously big boob anime, whatever, playmats in the bikinis. And I literally, as soon as I flop out, I just look at them and just like, dude, really? You know, and they're like, what? I'm like, what are you, 12? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, especially when you have like kids sitting next to you and you got like women trying to be part of the community it's like really that's what that's what you're going to do basically i mean cuz they're basically naked animatronic like a strip yeah, of fabric
0: absolutely and
1: it's like what as, are you as, doing
0: as, as naked as they can be and still sell the thing to people we've all Yeah, seen like I, I just don't
1: understand it so like all that stuff you just got to get people to be like yeah make people like make those that are making people uncomfortable uncomfortable yeah like that's what we should be aiming for as a community like we shouldn't be putting this on the companies we just have to be more proactive about doing it ourselves so anyway we're going to leave it on that brian why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media
0: i am dl caesar on youtube twitter and instagram our family channel on youtube is Allen's ever after
1: and you can always find me pretty much everywhere at Powerdragon p-o-w-r-d-r-a-g-n and we are coming up on 1 million views on the YouTube channel and over 600 videos in 14 months. So, don't subscribe, be part of that. I think I'm about a month away from hitting that target. So, yeah, come follow my stuff. But as always, <laughs> yeah, I am a machine these days. Wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And please remember to wear your mask, wash your hands, stay away from other humans while the rest of us are trying to get vaccinated so we can get back to gaming and gathering sooner rather than later. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com color of magic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.